Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Psychology Has It Backwards with Judy Sedgman and Christine Heath. I'm Judy, and today we're going to talk about the principles of mind, consciousness, and thought after we've given you some uh, teaser ideas about it in the earlier podcast. The first, the first and most important thing to realize about when we talk about principles is we're talking about first first causes. We're talking about something that's not just, you know, five principles for a successful business or some of the ways we kind of throw the word around as though it was just a good idea. We're talking about things that are true in the universe. They're just true. Whether we know them or not, they're still true. It's like if I know or don't know that my heart beats, it doesn't make any difference. My heart's going to beat. That's a principle of life. And, uh, and the principles we're talking about, the principles of mind, consciousness, and thought, are the universal principles behind all of the universe. They're the energy that drives everything. They're formless, and they're just, they represent, they're words that we use to represent the, the source of life, the way life works, the way every every bit of living life works. And that includes, you know, the stars, <laughs> the universe, the galaxies, and uh, microscopic creatures, and our bodies, and our thinking, and plants, and animals, and everything. And I, it's so simple. It's very interesting to me, the thing that the most frequent complaint that we get about the principles is, well, it's, so, it's too simple. And yet it's, it's quite profound. Because at the heart of everything in scientific discovery, there's always a simple idea that sort of explains it all. And then you can build from there. And that's what these principles are. So mind just refers to that and the formless energy behind all things, the intelligent energy that is creation, that is all of creation. And thought refers to the human capacity that we have to take that energy and create ideas and images and impulses and uh, things in our own mind, in our own small mind. So we use the energy of the universe to create everything in our life. And that starts with our being able to produce a thought. And then consciousness refers to our the natural way that thought becomes a reality to us. It comes to life for us through our sensory uh, ability. So once we've created a thought, we feel it, we experience it. And that's one aspect of consciousness. The other aspect of consciousness is that we can know that we're doing that. I can even say that. That's part of consciousness. I'm conscious of being the thinker of my own thoughts, being part of creation. So that's a first crack 
now, Chris? Well, you know, the, the thing that's I was thinking about, I want to remind everybody is just to, to listen. Because what Judy's talking about is super simple, but it's quite profound. So if you see that the principles are what are creating experience, everybody's experience, moment to moment, that becomes a real unifying thing in the field of psychology. Now, to date, that hasn't happened. In fact, you know, it's like if you have depression and you go to like 350 different therapists, you could get 350 different treatments. So what the principles do it is it pulls it together and provides a way that everybody can understand how the experience of life is being created in every person, every minute, all the time, that there's not a variation. So if you go to a cardiologist, they all know how the heart works. Now, people have different size hearts. They have different, they beat at different levels sometimes. They, they do things differently. But how the heart works is the same. So you can go to any, any heart doctor and they'll understand that. But in psychology, we honestly really haven't seen that. We've been focusing on what's created rather than on how it's created. So we look at the content of thinking and try to change the content of thinking. We look at emotions and try to manage feelings and try to do self-regulation of our emotional experience. And we try to change behaviors by thinking about them differently or organizing our life differently or trying to, to manage it in, in one way, shape, or form. So the principles of mind, thought, and consciousness underlie every experience, not just some, every experience. And seeing that and awakening to that allows you to help people to understand and then change the experience they have. So, like, the interesting thing about these principles, as Judy was talking, she's so good at this, I just love listening to her, is that I, I see things differently. You know, I see the principles in a different way, but the principles aren't things. They're not they have no form. It's really a, a way of describing how the formless energy of life creates an experience, which is really, I think, I think it's so cool. It's kind of like life allowing itself to exist. And it mm -hmm. does that through us. So if you're not alive, you are not having a psychological reality. So mind is that connection that we have to the life force. Mind is the energy that creates all things. And there's an intelligence behind that. There's an intelligence to it. Like in animals, we call it instinct. In plants, we call it plant information. But that intelligence that's inside of it is so powerful and is, it comes to us. And it comes to us through thought and consciousness, right? Because consciousness is your ability to be awake, to be aware. So if you're not conscious, I don't know if any of you have had like surgery or you've been knocked out, but you know when you come to that you miss something, but you don't know what it mm -hmm. was. And mm -hmm. that, so consciousness is what allows us to be conscious of a reality, whether it's seeing how thought works or seeing your 
spiritual, the, uh, that formless energy source that we come from. And the ability to have thoughts is, is another incredible uh, gift that we have and way that the energy of life works as it comes through us. We have this ability to think things. And what we've been looking at is what we're thinking rather than that we're thinking about it. So to me, it's like if you, I mean, that's how we know if somebody's dead, right? There's, there, there's no brain activity. There's no thinking going on. So we know we don't want to like lose any of these things because we wouldn't have a reality. So it's just looking at like how does it work that we have a psychological reality? As soon as we realize that, though, Chris, when we, <clears throat> when we realize that the source, you know, is, is life itself, it's just the act of being alive creates the opening for us to start creating our own little life. Um, that changes our, our experience of uh, all the events that are happening around us. It's not that there isn't something happening and that we're not living in a world that we can all recognize and so on. It's that my experience of that world isn't coming from that world. It's coming from my thinking about that world. Mm-hmm. So I, I used to say to uh, people, it's as simple as if you go to a movie with a friend and you walk out of the theater and you say to your friend, oh, I thought that movie was great. It was just what I needed. It was lighthearted. It was funny. You know, I just enjoyed it so much. And your friend looks at you and went, I thought it was the dumbest thing I've ever been to. It was stupid. You know, lighthearted. It was just stupid people doing stupid things. And you can see we both went to the same movie. <laughs> just like we're, we're all living in the same planet at the same moment. But our experience of it is highly variable depending on how we're thinking about it in the moment, how we're, what thoughts we're creating about it. Yeah. So, you know, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that that's, that's such a powerful thing, isn't it? To see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you get in an argument about whether the movie was good or not. Right. 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 Or, you, or you start judging each other, right? Like, oh, you're so stupid. How could you think that wasn't a good movie? That was like really wonderful. Yeah. Right. It's funny. It makes it possible to have disagreements without being disagreeable mm-hmm. because you realize the person, and it also makes it possible not to take things personally. And I think this is one of the biggest problems that people bring to psychologists is, you know, well, I can't, yeah, you know, I'm in this job and my supervisor is mean and they, she doesn't understand me and she doesn't listen to me and she's always taking my good ideas and making them her own and blaming me for other things and blah, 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 blah. And, and I go in the, in the bathroom and cry and I don't know what to do about it. And I think I have to change jobs. And really what this person isn't realizing is that her supervisor is moody and has a different way of thinking about life than she does. So when her supervisor, just like when she gets insecure, she goes in the bathroom and cries. When her supervisor gets insecure, she finds something to criticize in people. Mm-hmm. And it, when you start to realize that, instead of taking it personally, you, you develop compassion for the other person. You sort of realize, oh, they're in a bad mood today. Or that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's an insecure thought. 
Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like it has anything to do with you. It has to do with how they happen to be thinking in that moment as they're looking at you. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it has an effect on the other person. When you don't get defensive in the face of somebody else's negative thinking, uh, it ends quicker. You know, it's just as easier for them to, to see it themselves. And you also start to look at it differently. Like, you know, like when you're listening to somebody else and you know that that's just their thoughts about it, it's kind of interesting that you see it differently. Like my brother and I Mm -hmm. were talking about my mother's cooking and my mother's passed away now, so I can't like hurt her feelings, but we were talking about her cooking. And I, I said like, oh, I cook like mother did. He goes, oh my God, I can't believe you cook like mother did. I said, what? And, and he said, oh, I hated her cooking. I was like, really? I said, didn't you like her, her pot roast? And he goes, oh, it was always dry. I said, well, what about her fried chicken? He goes, we had it every Sunday. I, I got so sick of it. And I was like, well, <laughs> what, what about it, her spaghetti casserole? He goes, okay, that was, that was one thing I liked. I was like, oh, my gosh, like I loved my mother's cooking. And he had this whole different experience, right? And his thoughts were creating his experience, and my thoughts were creating my experience. Now, what's interesting is that my brother and I have two different palettes, right? It's like he, his experience was coming from his, his, his way of, of experiencing it was through his senses, right? So he's like a wine taster, and he's got a very, you know, like discerning palate. And I have very few taste buds on my tongue. So everything tastes good to me, but you know, it's just interesting, <laughs> you know, how, I mean, yeah. so if you're, if you know that about people, then you're interested in how they think, see it differently. Like, oh, isn't that interesting that he would think mm-hmm. that my mother's cooking was terrible and mine was, and I thought it was wonderful. So I don't care that he, he that he had that experience. I mean, poor him that he, <laughs> I guess I, I'm lucky. <laughs> everything tastes good to me. Good news and bad news. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's just interesting that we become fascinated by how people think. Now, if that happened today, we'd have a different discourse about politics. We'd be like, okay, tell me more about how you see this. I want to see what you're seeing rather than I'm right and you should think like I do. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about family gatherings and uh, I, I had a, my father had a number of brothers and sisters. So I had a lot of aunts and uncles and uh, my, my one uncle, Uncle Nick played the drums and uh, he always brought his drums like for Thanksgiving or whenever there was a big family gathering, he always brought his drums and it would always create this big uh, kind of argument in the family it's like people saying oh my god he brought his drums i hate that when he plays the drums i just he's not that good i just why does he do that it gives me a headache and other people going oh my gosh nick brought his drums you know it's time to get up and wiggle around on the floor let's dance and it and it was as a child even i realized that's really funny isn't it how people can have the same thing happening and see it so differently but i never yeah. asked myself why that was but I always observed it as being sort of a weird <laughs> aspect of life. And like, right. I kind of liked Uncle Nick Strong. I was on the group that was up dancing around. But uh, it's like that every family has stories like that where they remember things so differently and different people in the same family get the same events. Think of them entirely mm-hmm. differently. But that's yeah. true even among, you know, in, in between nations, between races, between 
religious beliefs that everything that we've made up in our own head and taken seriously without any context in which we realize that's just a thought that's made up, something that we've created, can turn into a source that can create war, mm-hmm. can create, uh, you know, unbelievable cruelty mm-hmm. because we see difference as threatening. And the awareness of that ability that we have to think and think differently and that there's no judgment to that. There's no right and wrong about that. There's just different ways of thinking. Some of them are helpful. Some of them are not helpful. That, uh, mm-hmm. that ability that we have is what will, what creates the ability to get along with people, you know, so the, the extent to which you can see that mm-hmm. is what will help people to get into a good feeling with each other. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Chris, that, that uh, people often ask me at this point in my life, you know, what, what am I hoping for? Because I've been doing this work for a long time. And I said, you know, I'm hoping for the same thing that I was hoping for from the beginning when I first realized this, which is that we'll reach a critical mass of people on the planet who are aware of what we're talking about. That thought is a created, uh, transitory, ever-changing, fascinating, interesting way each person makes up the reality they experience as long as they live. And it's not threatening. It's not dangerous. It's just transitory imagery. It's like watching the movie of your life. And then when people do that, we'll have peace on earth. And that's what I'm still hoping for. Because that, if there's anything that could achieve peace on earth, it's the realization of the, of, the, of the principles behind all of life and the fact that every thought is just uh, a little part of creation. It's just a little yeah. dot on the painting of the entire universe, and it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You know, it's not like no thought matters, but it doesn't matter if people disagree. It doesn't matter if it's not threatening in any way. It's just it's okay for people to have different ways of painting mm-hmm. their picture of the universe. Mm-hmm. It's neutralism. It's getting back to your talking about how understanding the principles makes life impersonal. And so right. it, it's our thoughts that make it personal. So we can listen mm-hmm. to each other. We can grow from one another. We can also understand what not to listen yeah. to each other in, in, in the other person. Right. You know, that's the beauty of it. So yeah. more next week, more next time on the principles. Hope you like that. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot. Everybody take care and have fun. Aloha. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com 